All right, welcome back, everyone. It's been a little while since me and Joe have talked about the uh, Philadelphia Phillies, so we're ready to get back in it. We're here with the section of Jetpacks to the Bank. As the uh, I, man, we haven't done one in a while. The season was still going at that point, and finally, we can sit here and talk about the off season. How you doing today, Joe? Doing well, doing well. I mean, I think I think it might have been. I think I don't know if the season was still going by the time we did the podcast. I think it was right after. Because I, was that? I thought, because I thought I was I doing remember, the final week of the season. Because I feel like I remember us talk. I feel like I remember talking about the handshake and Middleton meeting Kapler at the bottom of the dugout. So we wouldn't have been able to talk about that if it wasn't after the last game of the season. Jesus. Yeah, know. we talk every day. So I also, it was uploaded on. Also, it was Yeah, it was uploaded on October thirteenth. So that would be after the shoot. Okay, well, I stand corrected. But, but um, well, no, I just didn't want like you to say that, and then people were like, "Well, no, that can't be the case because that podcast is talked about." Blah 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 blah. blah. And like, um. But anyhow, we're obviously I think the place to start a podcast about the Phillies is who we hired as a manager. So, yeah, it's and that's I mean, so I mean, we were obviously both kind of Gabe Kapler fans, but obviously this team has decided to part ways with him. Uh, good luck to him in San Francisco. But let's let's get into our manager because uh, he's more important now, and that's Joe Girardi. Uh, personally, I was a big fan of the signing. I thought he was the best guy available. What about you? Yeah, I thought he was a very good signing. I was I wanted him or Dusty Baker, and the only reason I thought we were going to get Dusty for sure is because I didn't think Joe Girardi. I thought Joe Girardi was going to get pried away by somebody else, but he ended up coming here. So uh, I think he's the best option because he he's a guy that is more of like obviously a middle aged manager at this point, but still acts like in the right way is one of the dudes. Like, he says how much he loves listening to loud music. It's just he doesn't want seven different bands on at the same time and five different sounds going on. And But the I think he's going to resonate very well with the players as well as who he decided to bring in as a pitching coach, Brian Price, is going to resonate well with the pitchers since obviously we need that to happen with some of our guys. Yeah, Brian Price, I think he's a good fit with with um, what we have here. Um, obviously, he's coming from Cincinnati, a uh, former coach there. And, I mean, he's known for being a fired-up type of guy, mm-hmm. which this this organization is definitely, I will say, as a bit of a capital fan was, that was something he lacked. Um, is He never kind of had that fired-up type approach. And I think between Girardi and Brian Price, you're going to get that. And that that's, I think, something – let alone their, their coaching styles and their knowledge. I think just them being fired up and the commitment they, that the players will see there, I think that's already a step in the right direction. I think we can get into that later too, who we think the best options are for hitting coach because we're still searching for that. We've had a few interviews in that sense. But, I mean, I think – I mean, I have full trust in Girardi. I think it's going to be a, a – I think he – like you were saying, I think Dusty was never really a full-on um, – candidate i think they're just trying to look for other guys i think they were fully set on joe girardi and i think the other team you were saying prying away i think it would have been the mets but when it was all sudden done clintech actually i don't think it was clintech i think it was middleton was fully yeah. set on getting girardi in here and i think he's had that i honestly think with kind of how fast to move i think he had that in the back of his head during the season yeah well dusty i thought would 
of was the second best choice because from his interview he had, he seemed to fit into Philly. Um, where the reason I was saying before that I thought he was going to end up being the guy was because I didn't th- like the Mets were definitely the lead candidate, but there's other teams where Joe Girardi's a dude that sometimes was known to like a challenge. So I didn't know if he was going to go to a team where he could compete right away or a team that he could compete with in two years or so, but also be part of building a new foundation, kind of like what Gabe's going to be doing in San Francisco. So there were a couple other teams that I go, well, they have a solid future in the very near future that don't have a manager that I, that I thought too. But obviously he ended up coming our way, and I do think he's the best option. The reason I think he's the best option too is He's more straight, where I think Gabe, because he was new, and that's just because he's new. It's not because he's not going to become good at it. I think he'll be fine at it as he grows as a manager. Wasn't direct enough, where Joe Girardi, like you had this text messaging BS where nobody knew why they were sat for something, where that's going to come as you mature. Where Girardi's one of the most direct dudes on the planet. So if he thinks you suck lately, he's going to tell you that you freaking suck lately. <laughs> and you're just going to have to deal with that and take that as it is. Um, so that's why, like people said, obviously guys like Velasquez, I do honestly see if we put him in the pen, key, put him in the damn pen, uh, will do well with Price, I think. Now, Brian Price and Joe Girardi are probably the only two individuals on the planet that could get Nick Pavetta to finally realize he has decent pitches and throw his damn control. I don't think he's that great, but he's the, the, probably the only two people. That's why I love those two hires, because Price is like a god in terms of his knowledge in pitching, and obviously Joe Girardi's been known as one of the most knowledgeable and smart managers. I mean, he has a freaking engineering degree. So, pretty sure he's a pretty decently smart dude. But... The, that's why I love that, because guys that we go, ah, I don't trust this guy much anymore, these are the guys that could get those guys going, too. Yeah, and I think an interesting question I have for you, why are we still on the manager, is I've gotten this t- uh, topic with other people. Um, how much do you think a manager really plays into a team? Like, say Kapler was fired after last year and they brought Joe Girardi in this year. Can you confidently say that the Phillies would have made the playoffs with Joe Girardi? It, yeah, I mean, that is true because a manager is also, like any coach in any sport, contingent on the players he's given and what the organization gives him. So obviously, Glenn Tack had this team lack and have a few holes. The I think we might have had a couple more wins just due to the simple fact of what I mentioned before, experience compared to inexperience, because I don't think we would have made some of the pitching moves we made with Joe Girardi that were more analytic-based than gut-based. And even Gabe said that in his interview with the Giants. He said, I do have to go a little bit more by my gut. So that, I think we might have had a couple more wins, but even a couple more wins, you wouldn't have been in the wild court. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with you. I would not – I would say they would have still missed the playoffs with Girardi, but I know talking to some other people, they were were fully convinced if he would have been here for the start, they would have made the playoffs. I just don't think in this the way they game, could have was maybe the difference of chemistry, meaning Gabe obviously was solid at it, but wasn't great at being blunt, it seemed, with the front office. Where Joe Girardi, that's why him and Cashman got into a little bit of a grunt at the end because Joe Girardi didn't want it a different different people than Brian Cashman wanted. 
where Joe Girardi has no problem going. Like, if our staff starts struggling or people get injured and we need to pick up people, and all of a sudden we're sitting there for four weeks not picking up somebody at that position, he has no problem going, yeah, we freaking need this position now or we ain't doing crap. <laughs> like, especially if it's a big position, like, say your closer gets injured. Like, you probably want to fix that fairly quickly if you want to be a competitive team. So, but... I speaking of closures, I guess to move on to. Were you shocked because they talked about this on intentional talk, and I thought it was just a cool topic. Were you shocked that Will Smith of all people is the was the first free agent sign? Um, was I shocked? Yes. Um, I thought. I mean, you never see that in baseball. You never see like I, you see kind of like smaller names, kind of bench role guys, kind of signing sometimes in November. But you never see full-on impactful players like that signing. And I think in a way it's cool for the sport. Unfortunately, he went inside the division. Um, and unfortunately, he was the best reliever on the market this offseason. Um, so I think that already puts us in a hole. And yes, that is strike one for Matt Contact this offseason. Um, but... I mean, the thing is... Will Smith, I remember they were talking, he's still pitching well, but I remember, I forget who it was on MLB Network, but when they like really examine people, some people don't like his necessary projection a couple years down the road. That's why a three-year deal um, is probably what Atlanta was only willing to do, and then obviously he just liked their team and went there, because I didn't see him getting much more than that, because... Some guys can figure it out as they start using velo, but you don't know until that opportunity comes. So, yeah, but it's just like but you, we'll, you 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 know what your you know what your weakness is, you, and bullpen has been a huge issue for this team. You know who the best guys in the market are, and the Braves have already signed two guys that are going to be in their bullpen, eating up like having big time innings. I mean, you're, you're already behind the eight ball. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, we. the other side of it is, obviously, they have full-blown confidence from everything that's been quoted on him in season and since the season about Sir Anthony coming back since he didn't need surgery. So, they, whenever that happens, um, I guess they expect him to take a bigger... Which is stupid. I mean, you need to sign a couple relievers because he's... You can't go expecting someone to come back like Aranos, who've been banged up this year. Even Ramos was banged up a lot and didn't look good when he was in. You can't expect those guys to all of a sudden just step up, especially if part of the reason why they couldn't is because they've been unhealthy. So, I mean, especially Dominguez. I think he's going to be, I think Serenity is going to be a great player. I think he has closer potential. But especially coming off an injury, I am not ready to be like, okay. Here's the closing role next year. It's yours to lose. I'm not ready to do that. I think for next year, you need a closer, like a experienced closer to, to start out the year. Whether you just keep Hector Neris or you bring in a guy and let Sir Anthony come back and kind of feel himself, get back to get back his control, get back his high power velocity, and then kind of ease him. What in, and not even ease him, but like once you realize he's back to the way he used to be, then put him in that closer role spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking... There we go. Word. I was trying to pull up the... 
thing here for relief pitchers. We could also reunite with another lefty if we felt like it as a reliever in Jake Diekman. Just to just throwing that out there. A guy that I've always liked as an underdog reliever is Colin McHugh, and he's on the market, and he might be a little cheap because if I'm not mistaken, I think he was banged up this year too, so you could probably get him on the cheap. Yeah. And and he can go a few innings too, which the Phillies usually like that. Which, I mean, these these different type of relievers that will be out there, and um, since we're talking about lefty, you bring up a lefty and Jake Diekman. Um, I think a lefty to look out for in terms of reliever market. I, he he's a former starting pitcher who kind of did really well last year after the, his he got traded. Is a guy like oh, Drew Pomeranz. <laughs> I think he's an interesting name to look out for. I think the way the Phillies' histories are, history is gone, I think he's a lot better version of a potential like he's a lot better than uh, a guy like Adam Morgan. And I, I think. I think that's an interesting name. To, and again, obviously we have a new coaching staff, so I don't know if we're going to build a team the way the same. But for the last few years, Drew is a guy uh, is a guy that the way the Phillies built a bullpen. So I think he'd be a guy to look out for this year, this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would say so with that. I mean, then there's a couple guys that were injured like a lot of last year. Like I know the Phillies like inviting. I'm not talking about the sign for a definite guy. But looking at the pool, inviting the spring training, seeing what happened, that there's the Tony Singranis of the world to use a former starter that went reliever. That you could, I could see him being a spring training MVP type person. That j- just going off of former guy that we like to invite. Um, another under the radar pitcher you could sign, not to close anymore, but to come in and get key outs for you is Greg Holland. I mean, I don't think Greg Holland's fantastic at closing anymore, but he can do it. And he can go a couple innings if he has to, but he could also be your closer to say start the season and then hope one of the young guys kind of steps up where you have somebody kind of get somebody in the season if you think he's just doing solid and not as good as you wanted him to do. Yeah, um, and I think he would. He's a guy I wanted a few years ago when um, he actually had that really good year. After signing uh, late, um, but I think, but that's my point. He's a guy where he's a veteran who has closing experience, so maybe he is a guy you sign for one year and let him start the year as the closer until Sir Anthony is ready. Yeah, exactly. Which, which that that's my that's my point. Like finding that kind of veteran type of guy, but I don't know that that's it's funny because when you go through these coaching changes, it's really intriguing to see. Right now, like, intriguing might be the wrong word. It's in- interesting to see um, in terms of, like, where do they go with the roster? Like, just because Gabe Kaplan liked Hector Neris closing, Joe Girardi might hate Hector Neris, and they might ship him away. Like, it's it's kind of, like, it's, it's, it's cool to try to figure out, like, which way the team's going to try to go because when you get new coaches, they want never their know. whole yeah, new roster. It. Yeah. yeah, I mean... I think that's a very good point because you never know until you see it when a new guy comes in, unless if you paid thorough. I mean, obviously, I don't like the Yankees enough to have paid thorough attention to them when Joe Girardi was there, or at all for that matter. So, the 
So I don't know all his tendencies in that aspect, obviously. Which, when he was there, though, they had a uh, pretty lockdown closer. So yeah, I don't think he had a, no, he didn't really yeah, have to they, worry they about who was coming they in. They didn't really have to worry about closing. No, that's for sure. No, they so. they had they had um, enter the Sandman uh, to close for them. I'm pretty sure that was the song he used. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Was. By Metallica, one of the few I, songs I know by Metallica. Cause I think that's one of the ways I learned that song is just because just because when he came in. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the few songs I know by them. Anyhow, I'm one guy I'm tenuous of getting. Uh, this is just a good topic, I thought, because he just got healthy last year. Granted, he had a 4.7 war last year, which is obviously very solid for a starting pitcher. Is Wheeler just because of, I don't know how that would sell to the fans, since, like, to us, because we got Arietta, who's been banged up since we got him. Zach Wheeler just showed that he's healthy, but until you see it, you don't know if he's actually fully back. You can't just make that judgment from one season. And if he the wants, like, a four- or five-year deal. Huh? What were you the saying? difference between Wheeler and Arietta, which, which, um, I'll get my take on Wheeler, but the difference between that is you signed a, old Arietta, so you kind of expected him to keep going. Wheeler, I know he's hit 30, but he's kind of, he's still on the younger side in terms of, especially in this market, this this offseason, in terms of starting pitching. So, he's a guy you might take a chance on, but I, I've never been, I know Wheeler's a popular name, but I've just, I'd be okay with him because he's better than what we have now, but I've never been a huge Zach Wheeler guy. Yeah, I mean, I also think he's going to Houston. So I can see that. Because Houston is going to want to replace Garrett Cole with something. Obviously, Zach Wheeler is not Garrett Cole. Don't get me wrong. Garrett Cole was a freaking god this year. But Zach Wheeler is a guy that has that lively fastball with moving, breaking pitches. And hell, the Astros, even though they're going through scandal for their stupidity right now, but but we're not talking about that. The Astros are very good at developing pitching. Garrett Cole was not the Garrett Cole he is today. He was great with the Pirates. He was good with the Pirates, but he's not the Garrett Cole he was today until he went with that coaching staff, and they showed him exactly how to go back to the way he used to pitch and just kind of trust himself more, and now he's like that dude. <laughs> so. Yeah, and... I mean, we talk about I, how good of a year Strasburg had. Just real quick. Garrett Cole's war, which obviously some people don't like the stat, but it's a decent stat... Is seven point four. Steven Strasburg is five point seven. That's the other guy in the, which is still fantastic. But I'm just saying that's a huge separation. Yeah, and and here's another thing with Wheeler. Um, I don't take much into him because it is baseball, and I mean the draft picks are hit or miss here. But is is Wheeler worth signing to that kind of big contract and giving up that pick? And that's something else that the front that's office the other side of, of it. Where and it, that's, to me, again, Jake that, or Rizzi would have been, but he accepted his qualifying. Yeah, that's a guy I wanted. I was kind of disappointed he accepted. I mean, understandable because because they had a, he had a fantastic year and the team had a fantastic. And he year. loves it. He, he Minnesota. Yeah. They were shy. so. I mean, good for him. He deserved that, and it's a shame because I really wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> he was a guy I think I would have definitely taken over Zach Wheeler, um, but they the same age. But Wheeler did have a higher war, though, so maybe. Well, yeah, but that. Point four is point four. <laughs> he had 
I know I don't have the numbers in front of me on all their stats, but I know Order Rizzi had a lower earned run average. We were just finished the year very good that brought his down. Like some other stats internally, I know Order Rizzi did because Order Rizzi was killing it last year, and then he kind of went on a little lull, and then he started going again. Yeah, but obviously, as we're on the topic of pitching, we have to bring up the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Cole Hamels, and the fact that we somehow did not sign this man yet, since this man has basically said, "I want to be back in Philadelphia." Yeah, I, he said the basically the ball's in our court, so it's up to the front office to go get him. I think one, we need a lefty in the rotation. Hell, I'll give Cole a three-year deal if he wants a freaking three-year deal because he hasn't been unhealthy really. And the side of it is he's not a flamethrower. And the other side of it is they said he wants to play till he's 40. Yeah, he's a, he's 36. He, he's coming off an injury season last year. So I think you got to be a little careful. I think maybe yeah, give but him a two-year with the do option have a of good, a third. We do, well, that, that, that would work, too. That's a good point. We could do an option. Um, yeah. I think, I mean, he just he makes a lot of sense. And... Again, we, I'm tired of going. I know it's probably not the biggest deal, but I'm tired of going into seasons without a lefty starter. So I think between him and another lefty, you, you got to bring in a left, well, at least one lefty. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way in that sense. but A starter? Yeah. Yeah, a starter. Which, I think we should bring in two, and I'm going to tell you who the other one is because if you want to save some money, then you go this route, and then you can sign – Bigger other guys that you need. Get get Mad Bum and get Cole. And then even at that point, because you figured you'd have Mad Bum, Hamels, Knowles, and then probably Eflin more as a guaranteed than Velasquez at this point to be in the rotation. I would move Vinny to the pen so you could even get another guy that's just a smaller name like a Kyle Gibson of the world because you know he can eat innings and is pretty solid. Or a... Michael Pineda or something like that to like fill your fifth spot. So that's why yeah. you can build a more rounded rotation if you do it that way. Plus, still get a Donaldson or Mustakas and stuff. This is going to be an interesting case because there's obviously a lot of starters, and obviously everyone knows the Garrett Coles and the Steven Strasburg. So we don't have to go into detail with them because obviously everybody wants those. One of those two. Well, I so, think the biggest steal is going to be Mad Bomb personally. I was gonna say you say you mentioned cheap, but do you do you really think he's gonna be on the cheaper end? Like, do you think he compared to Strasburg, like, Cole, and even Wheeler? I would think so because Wheeler, people are just hyping up so much, where people think Madbum, but if you actually look at his like more in depth stats, he was money a lot of the year. He just goes into a little bit of lulls, but he bounces back more where he still had very good runs, and then they started teetering off, so the whole Giants team started teetering off a little bit. I think as soon as he comes back into a winning vibe, he's going to, he's gonna because he was he was never a guy that used full-out velo. He, he used it more when he was younger, but he was always more of a corners and finesse guy that I don't, I think he's going to be the guy that ages the best, where Zach Wheeler, I don't, I question how he's going to age, especially with a past injury history. Okay, and that's fair. So, I'm also a believer I'd rather get two very good, solid pitchers rather than just, obviously I'm not going to complain if we get Cole with Strasburg because I would love them. But I'm with you in the sense of I'd rather go get two very good, solid pitchers rather than just one of the Well, the other players. side is 
I do think Mad Bum, they asked if he could get the 100 mil on one MLB Network show. It depends on the years. Because if you want to give him a five-year deal to he's 35, that probably is going to be about 100 million. But if you give him less years, then you're probably not going to get to 100 million. It depends on the year total you want to give him. But even then, that saves you a decent amount of money because you figure signing Cole Hamels, Cole Hamels is not going to be damn near close to $100 million. So <laughs> you you would still pay way less than you would because Garrett Cole is probably going to be in the $200 million. Potentially. No, yeah, he, yeah. he definitely will have $200 million. Unless if something weird happens, but with his agent, there's no way. Am I? And also, Strauss uh, finally seems like he's figured out. I can't remember who said it on MLB Network, but somebody said it where he actually really looks like a veteran now. Where before, I mean, they treated him with baby steps. Apart from an organizational issue that causes career to not develop as quickly as most players, but that's what makes him even more valuable on the open market because he was banged up a little bit because of really, in my opinion, mismanagement with some of the upper management of the team. But now he has less tax on his arm, and it finally looks like he became that veteran that has that give-me-the-ball mentality, which is something that was still back and forth for him prior to this season. Yeah, I agree. Um, And he's obviously a little cheaper than Garrett. Garrett's going to be the most expensive. There's one more... uh... There's one more starting pitcher because we've talked a lot about pitching, so I think we we, we do got to spread it out a little bit. Um, there's one more starting pitcher I want to mention before about going to detail with, and then we can play a quick: Would you sign the starting pitcher or not? But one more guy I think is an interesting name. He kind of had a career year, and I want to know. I want to see your opinion if you think he's for real that good, or if he just kind of had a breakout year. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, being a baseball fan, you probably know where I'm going with this. But this guy is 33. And it's Hyun Jin Ryu from the Dodgers. I think that's another weird, another, I don't know, interesting player whether to see if they go after or not. Just because he's coming off a career season, I think personally he was robbed of Cy Young. Um, but I mean, what, what do you think about him? Would he be a guy you would go in for? If we got him, I wouldn't be annoyed. He would definitely not be on the top of my list, though, just due to the fact that prior to this season, he hasn't been the most healthy commodity either, where I would rather have a guy like Mad Bum that's been more durable in his career to get a lefty, especially since Mad Bum's three years younger also, compared to uh, Ryu, who's 33. Yes, he hasn't pitched as much, but he also has just had that career year and I don't want to overpay after that year because that's what ends up happening with athletes. If you look at past contract, they might have one career year, then you pay them, and then they never have as good. They might still be good, but they never have that year again. So that is what would worry me with him. It's not that I don't think he's going to be good. It's that I think that might be his best season. So you're going to pay for that and then get a little bit less. So. Yeah, and... I mean, last year he made his first All-Star game. He led the National League. I know he led the National League, maybe even the MLB, in ERA. as It was as low as 2.32. Um, so I think I'm on your side. I think it was kind of – it wasn't a fluke year because he has been a great pitcher. His career is 298. I just think with him being 33 already, he hit his peak season. And I think from here, you're, you're just not going to get that same ERA. So I just – I'd be careful with what – 
you do with signing him in, in that sense. So I'm on your side on that one. Yeah, I just don't feel it's overly worth it, to be honest. But also, on the Cy Young, I was fine with DeGrom winning it just because DeGrom also pitched absolutely disgusting. He And we don't look at wins tremendously anymore. We look at internal statistics, and the Mets are atrocious. Uh, so, that had a hell of a lot to do with the fact that he did not have many wins and didn't have the war of some other pitchers. Because you can't always have a great war when your team doesn't score for you. So I was all right. I, I would be fine. I was fine with whoever won that one, but I was all right with Degrom. It was also cool since he was the only one that was on Skype. I think for that one. Okay. So and, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's actually that's another question I want to ask before this is over about the awards because there's something I think I might I might change about the the way it, it's voted on. But. Yeah, okay. But real quick, finish out the starting pitchers. I'll just name a few, and you say just just give me a quick yes or no, so we can go to a different. Would you position. sign them? But what? Yeah, yeah. Would, like, you, would sign? you sign them? Mm-hmm. Let's go with uh, Wade Miley. Again, career year type guy was teetering at the end of the season. Would definitely not be on the top of my list. But if he was a guy you signed to be your fifth starter, yeah, I'm fine with it. Michael Pineda. Pineda. I don't. I never really liked him much because he's always been a character and done stupid stuff. So I would say no. Tanner Roark. Yeah, I've always liked him. I've always thought that dude's just been able to give innings to you and do well. He would be the good guy to get as your fifth guy if we added a couple pitchers like we should. Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. No, there's better lefties. I go with two more. Um, I. Tanner Roark? You said Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Tanner yeah. Roark? Yeah, no, yeah, I would... Yeah, I would say yes, but you said him already, I think. I did? Yeah. Um, Let's go one more... Let's go former Cy Young winner, Rick Porcello. Oh, Christ. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see, see how, how Boston... Uh, your second team, the Boston Red Sox, how biased are you? <laughs> Uh, no, I would say no, unless if we're inviting him to spring or giving him a very cheap one-year deal to see what happens and possibly use out of the pen, and then if he goes, voila, then you put him in the rotation. That's the only way I would accept that. If he was like the extra starter, so then you had a possible pen piece. And then okay. and then say Eflin sucks and Rick is killing it in the bullpen. Then I would be fine with that if Joe Girardi likes having that long man that's a former starter. But that's fair. And actually, I lied. I'm going to two more names. And this guy I'll talk about a little bit just because I think we have mentioned we I know we mentioned him before in our conversations over the phone because I know you kind of like taking a chance on him. But Alex Wood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would be fine with taking a chance on him because obviously he's going to be dirt cheap because he wants to have a contract to prove himself. And he still has all the skill. I think he has a great breaking ball. He just needs to come back and get his confidence again. And we talked about how great Girardi and Brian Price are at instilling confidence and energizing guys. So, yeah, I think we would be one of the perfect fits for him to get his career to rebound, in my opinion. Not even, not even, I don't want to use the word rebound. Come back. Because he got injured. It's not like he started pitching bad. Come back. I agree with that. I agree with you 100%. I'd, I'd love to try to get Alex Wood here. If, especially because, like you said, he's going to be cheaper. So he could be that second cheap option. But then one last name. 
he kind of had an off year last year, but you'd be stealing him from a rival too. But Julio Tehran. I've always been a fan of his since he's gotten league just because I, I remember he just has that good stuff and movement, but he was off last year. But, of course, again, that means you should be able to get him cheaper. So if you could get him for a one- or two-year pretty cheap deal where he could then give you innings because he still gives you innings even when he's off. If he gives up four runs, usually Tehran sometimes can still give you like five or six innings, not be like Vince Velasquez that all hell just breaks loose after that. So I would be okay with taking a chance on him. Okay, and I agree with that. I think, or I agree. I, maybe a small cheap deal. I think he, I think he'd get hit a, hit around a little bit in our park, just because Braves is a little bigger than ours. So I think that kind of helps him a little bit. But I think I, I'd be cautious with him. But I'd say let's let's move on to the next position, unless if there's another guy you know of you want to mention. No, no, I would say we should move on to just talking about other position players. That we could obviously get. I know somebody I've always liked when he's healthy just because another guy we'd be taking from a rival might not be the worst backup option. Would be potentially a Ligaris since he's a good fielder and if we don't keep Oduble, which I hope to God we don't keep Oduble. Um, he would, he's a good fielder too to have as a backup uh, Juan Ligaris. And sometimes you can get him hitting. Like He's had years that he's hit pretty well. So with Girardi and Joe Dillon or whoever else you hire, Matt Stairs, whoever, they I think he would probably be able to hit at least in the two fifties. So I that's just an under the radar name for a bench guy for me was uh Lagar since I kind of liked him on the Met. And then if you want to steal another guy as a pinch hitter, Matt Joyce is probably one of the best on the market. Yeah, those are two names I'd be fine with off the bench. I think they're positions you definitely need, especially some reliable um, names in the outfield. Adam Jones is another one. I would love Adam Jones. We need yeah. we need a right-handed bat very badly off the bench. Um, I think talking about stealing guys from a rival, he's not necessarily a pure outfielder like some of the guys you mentioned. Um, he is a former Philly. He's kind of old. He's got on the older side. Um He's he's a utility guy. I think from what he showed last year, it doesn't seem like he's slowing down. I'd love to try to steal back Callie Kendrick. I think he's a great role player. And, I mean, you saw what he did for the Nationals run this past year. And I think something similar, if the Phillies were to get in the postseason, he could be a huge piece off the bench. And, again, another right-handed bat that we desperately need off the bench. Yeah, I, I would not mind getting him back at all. The only thing I see with him is, since he liked Washington and messed so well, I wouldn't be surprised if he tries to stay in Washington. So that's the only thing I see with that. But I otherwise, if we have the opportunity, yeah, I would say we should go after him. There's yeah, also I, other options. I, like there's the new like if we look at guys that are first base now that can play multiple positions. Granted, this guy's not great anymore. But there's Neil Walker. Um. Obviously, there's Ryan Zimmerman if he doesn't re-sign with the Nationals, but that would be that would be so odd if he came here. <laughs> yeah, he's like the David Wright of the Mets. I mean, he's just a guy. He's always been a Phillies killer. He's I just don't see him ever leaving that team. I think he'd retire before changing teams, honestly. Yeah. But another position we obviously, even though Andrew Knapp obviously hit well to end the season and better than some of our freaking 
position players that we don't need to mention. But if we wanted a backup catcher, obviously there's a lot of options actually as good backup catchers in my opinion. Because if Russell Morton doesn't retire, he's still a good backup. Torinos is very good. Uh, Jason Castro is pretty damn good, but I don't think he wants to be a backup because he can still start. Cervelli, uh, the only thing with him is an injury risk, but he's still good when he's on the field. Austin Romine, Jan Gomes, there's a lot of good options there. Wellington Castile is coming off of an off year, but used to be a good hitting catcher. He's more of a hitter, so uh, that's definitely a position that I don't know if you had anybody you went, oh, yeah, I would like that dude to be our backup instead of Andrew Knapp or... Because Knapp, don't get me wrong, he started doing better last year, can manage the staff well. If we keep him as a backup, I'm not going to freak out. Because like I always say, it's a backup catcher. All you need to be able to do is manage the damn staff. People just think that every team's going to have two great catchers. See, this is why I disagree with you. And trust me, Joe knows my feelings for Andrew Knapp. Um, I hate Andrew Knapp. He has no business being on this team. Um, the reason why I disagree with you is because Andrew Knapp was so, so bad. Look at the wear and tear we put on JT last year. Like, Well, yeah, but I feel like to end the season, if you look at Knapp's second-half stats, I remember because I was shocked on Twitter when he was on there, he hit like 260 or something from like, the I think it was August to end the season. Okay, he got a so. little hot stretch. I mean, I'm not going to make too much of it. I mean, he's... He's, well, the he's thing a, is, he's that's, a guy that... that's what the team says. I'm just talking about like how they, they whenever the, they talk about him, they're always like, we just love how he manages the pitching staff. Pitchers have talked about how they like working with him a couple of times. So that's the only thing that I think saves him. He's like that defensive guy in terms of managing the staff. He doesn't really... That's the guy. That's why you bring in a guy like uh, Torinos, Robinson Torinos. I mean, he's, he's a guy. He's known for his defense, but he... He can hit better than Andrew Knapp, and that's for sure. And he's got some power to him. Yeah. Um, Romine ain't a bad name either. And I, like you said, I take Russell Martin. I think Russell Martin and Robinson would be my two uh, two top of my list kind of guys. Um, the top of my list guy would actually be a former prospect. <laughs> At least I think he Travis? was a former prospect. Yeah, if he didn't stay with the Rays, the top of my list guy would actually be our former prospect just because... If he can, if you can keep instilling that confidence in him, one, he can play first base when you want to rest Reese Hoskins, so that works out. And two, he just hits in bunches, and I think here he could hit at least even as a backup 25 home runs because you're probably going to get him in the lineup enough, and he's probably going to be your primary DH once you play American League teams. So. Yeah, and... I don't know. He's another hit or miss guy. Again, I he's, think he might stay with Tampa. He might stay with his team anyway. But yeah. Um. I, I'd put it. I'd keep Robinson and Russell in front of him. I think. Um. I just like him as a late bloomer because, like, everyone expected him to be good, and I feel like he might be one of those guys that because he had a couple injury thing, plus didn't get going, so he didn't have as much taxing on his legs he might be a guy that's good into an age as well because he's a late bloomer that's the reason just with how good he's looked uh since going to tampa it seems like they found something there for him to instill confidence in changing his swing and stuff and 
it obviously has worked. Yeah, what about a guy like Francisco Cervelli? Yeah, he would be all right. Um, like I said, the only issue with him is you have an injury risk, but obviously when he's healthy, he's still pretty damn good. So, yeah, I like Francisco Cervelli. Is there any other catchers you want to mention before I go to my next position? Nope. Okay, well, I think the next interesting position for this team this offseason, just because where they're at with – they have a very big prospect coming up at this position in Alec Baum. Um, but obviously, he's not uh, – personally, I don't think they're going to have him up for opening day. So I think their base is going to be a, a position you have to fill this offseason. Would you sign a guy to a multi-year deal? Would you only stick to a one-year deal? Or would you start with Alec up there? Um, I wouldn't mind giving guys multi-year deals also due to the fact that it seems like who we're leaning towards from rumors. I know we're in on Donaldson, but it seems like we really like Moose. And Moose obviously can play second. So Kingery still, let's be honest, going to have to play the outfield at times. And probably he's going to play a lot still. So, the thing is, at second, if Cesar, you end up moving on from Cesar, and you have Kingery, who, in my opinion, has become a very solid center fielder now. It's just Hazley is the dude at fielding. So, you can have more flexibility with Moose. That That's why I would not mind giving him a three-year, four-year deal even, because he's a guy that I think will age well. And also can hit lefties great. So it's not like you have to worry about having another left-handed hitter in there because that dude kills lefties too. So he's really got good at hitting lefties. So I'd be fine with him. I would obviously be fine with Josh Donaldson because I think Donaldson's going to get a two-year deal. So then you don't have to worry about the latter too much because you're just going to keep Donaldson at, who can also probably play second if he has to. Let's be honest. If you can play third, you can probably figure out how to play second. It's a hot corner. You're not going to get. You just have to figure out range to play second. That's very. That's accurate. Um, personally, there's only there's there's five names that I would allow. Obviously, to play Rendon. Y'all would give it a multi-year deal too, but that's obvious. <laughs> I only want one of these five names. Is a good amount. I only want one of these five names. Alec, I'd be fine with. Kingery, I'd be fine with. And then obviously the players you just mentioned. Um, Brendon Donaldson and Mike Moustakis. Off the uh, bench, I, Todd Frazier's a name that I like too. You keep mentioning. I, I'm not. You know, I, it's funny. I used to be a huge Todd Frazier fan, especially when he was a his home run derby years. I was a big Todd fan. I just, I guess, off the bench maybe, but I just don't think he's got much left. I mean, I don't know. He's been solid. He was solid this year and was able to deliver in key moments. Still, that's why I would like to get him as a guy you substitute in and use off the bench. And if you end up say spending money in other positions like the pen and the rotation, and then you sign some like guy that's like more of a flexible pl- player or something. If you get Frazier because you think Boom is ready, Frazier's a guy that could start for like a month, and then Alec, when Alec Boom is ready, you bring him up. With, he, you could get away with that for a month because people think you can get away with Brad Miller for a month, and I think you could probably be able to do that too if you waited for Boom with how he looked and he got his confidence back last year. So Frazier's as good as Miller. So 
at least. So if you if people thought that, then you could definitely get by with him if you wanted to save money and spend more on your pitching to lock that down. That's true. I mean, maybe I'm just I'm just over anxious to have a serious fulfiller there at third. Um, he did he did he did come up in big moments, especially I think he killed the Phillies a few times because that's what he does. He's another one of those Phillies killers. Um, I just I think there's just better options, and I could also probably get D to play third. What was that? You could also probably get Gregorius to play third. I was actually he was gonna be my next free agent name, so if we just hold up one second on that. <laughs> to me to me, Frazier's almost similar to Franco at this point. So I feel like if you're gonna sign Frazier, you might as well just keep Franco, because Franco would be probably a little cheaper than Frazier. Yeah, I just feel Frazier though, because he's also one of the best guys in the clubhouse and a great role model and a great guy for the young guys. That's why I would probably prefer him to keeping Mikel Franco, who's obviously great in the clubhouse, but doesn't have that same like wise wisdom of being a veteran in baseball that Todd Frazier has from being in more experienced situations. Okay. Actually, I did kind of forget about Franco. I think if we had to, I'd be okay with having him just start the year till. Alex Reddy. Um, I did forget about Franco. But to get into your guy, you just mentioned Didi. Is he somebody you want? Because he is someone, for whatever reason, the Phillies are extremely linked to. And personally, is he a good player? Yeah, he's a good player. But I just don't think he makes much sense for the Phillies unless if you're going to make a trade. Well, in ter- I mean, in I think he could play. Th- like I think he could play third. That's what I was trying to say. Like, I think you could put him at third. Or since Segura's range does not seem as good as it used to be, put Segura at third uh, if you don't trade him. Where that would work out, plus he can play all the infield positions from second short to third. So you could move him around as well. That's why I think it would make some sense, because I do see one of our infielders getting traded. At some point, uh, whether it's during next season or in the off season, I don't think there's going to be enough space for all the guys, especially since you want to add a bat, and that's likely going to be an infielder. One of them is going to get moved eventually. Yeah, and but if you if you if you're moving them because you're log jammed already, would it make sense to move the guy and then bring in a different guy? Like, isn't that just well? You're bringing in you. a better person would be the perception of the team. That would be like if you got rid of Segura, who apparently was kind of a locker room deterrent a little bit too, per some reports. You are bringing in a guy that's better there, as well as a guy that you would think would do better just because Segura did not play up to his career averages last year. Uh, so you might think he's on the decline in certain. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying from what the team could perceive. Well, I'm a big Gene Segura fan personally. I think partially the injuries kind of bother him a little bit. But Didi's 30 years old, and I'm taking note of that because I'm trying to figure out, did he – he had to have played a few years under Joe Girardi, right? Or did he come up after Girardi left? I think he might have been – I'm, I'm just trying to remember after. if there's a connection with them because that's – if he did already play with them. Girardi will know whether he likes him or not, and 
maybe that's like like I already mentioned in this podcast is it's going to be interesting interesting to see who Girardi likes here and who doesn't. So in terms of that shortstop position, you might see him trade a guy like Segura, not because of his talent wise, but just because he might prefer someone he's already coached and knows his kind of system. Where like you said, I mentioned before, veteran. If Girardi brings in a guy that's already played under him, that can help the other guys learn his system a little better. That's true. Yeah. I, I, so I'm just trying to remember if DD played with him or not. Well, there's a certain uh, 39-year-old veteran that I'm pretty sure played with Joe Girardi. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Curtis Granderson. Oh. Um, yeah, I'd rather a different lefty off the bench. <laughs> I would rather keep Corey Dickerson. I still think we should keep Corey Dickerson, in my yeah. opinion. I agree with that. I'm all for bringing back Corey. I think if you can convince him and McCutcheon into that platoon role, I think that's the perfect light, 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 I don't know why I said light, perfect <laughs> left hand, right hand situation in left field. I mean, obviously you don't have to have McCutcheon play every day against right handers or against lefties, but, um, because Dickerson does kind of hit lefties fairly mm-hmm. well yeah. for a left-handed hitter. So I think uh, I think if you can convince them into that, even mix them in with center field and having given the young Hazley a day off, I think that would go well for him too. So I think yeah. the trio between those three could go really well. Well, another guy I thought would be worth mentioning because of how good his bat is and he's got a notch better at fielding and can play a few different positions, is Castellanos since he is that big right-handed bat. The problem is he's not fantastic at fielding at any of his positions, but he also can play third. So, I would love to bring him in. I, that's somebody I wanted at the trade deadline. Obviously, we know Clintax scared to make trades at the deadline, so he decided not to. Um, <laughs> ow. Um, I think... Uh, but again, if he's a platoon, you really don't have to worry about his defense too often because he's just be coming off the bench. So I think that's why it'd be fine. Yeah, but if we sign him and we didn't get another third baseman, I would think he would start the season as our starting third baseman, to be honest, because he's obviously better at hitting than anybody else we would put at third base. That's true as well. Um, Unless if we tried to put him... I don't know if Cassianos have ever played any second, but unless if we tried to put him at second, if we ended up trading Cesar, per se, since a lot of people think that... thought that was happening for the last couple of off-seasons... Uh, then you could have a little bit better fielding because Kingery did get better at third. So, yeah, and you mentioned um, actually before I get into that, is there any other specific free agents you want to mention? Other than I think as a righty bat, if we wanted to bring back another former Phil, I would be all right with Hunter. I would love. He's another guy I wanted to trade deadline. Um. He is getting a little old, but he had a nice rebound year last year, and can't remember if he finished near 300 or above 300 in terms of his batting average because he he was over for a long part. I of think that it season. was near it, yeah. I'm pretty sure I could. Unfortunately, be he got hurt, and I think he kind of yeah. dipped off a little bit after the injury. Yeah, that threw him off. But yeah, but, you can I mean, go into whatever your next topic uh, you want because I don't have any other uh, unless if we wanted to reunite with the great Peter Borges. Yeah, I think we've had enough of <laughs> enough of his playing days in our city. I don't think he's as fast as he used to be, so I don't know if they're doing. No, much that was a, that was pure sarcasm. Um, well, 
If we're going to do that, might as well reunite with uh, Sean Rodriguez, right? Nice, silly fan lover. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, my next topic was um, you kept mentioning all these you mentioned all these infielders, and you say that there's going to be a trade. So I'll give you three names. Who would you say is the most likely, not you would trade, but most likely this team you think is going to trade out of Cesar, Gene Segura, and unfortunately there's a lot of rumors it's going to happen, but Reese Hoskins. I feel like the Reese stuff is because you just see what's out there, and then if you get blown away, you're obviously going to do something because he has that talent that everybody thinks he can develop into and should think he can develop into. So that, I think, is more just exploring the market. Where Segura and Cesar, I think there's a real possibility one of the two gets traded. For me, I would have said Cesar, but now I might lean towards Gene just because obviously Scotty and other people can also play short. And Gene seemed, just because of some of the reports that came out, to not have been how they loved players to act in Philly either. And part of that's on coaching because like that's the one thing Gabe will get better at too, holding guys accountable more. But if that's the case, then that might be a reason Joe Girardi, like you mentioned, if he doesn't want him and wants a new guy in, that might be one of the main reasons. Yeah, and I I think I'd go your way too. I think, to, I think it sounds like they're just testing waters with Reese, and I think I'd pick Gene as well to be the most likely to go. Um, now, the question is, do you think the rumors are just rumors, or do you think he will actually be gone? So 2020, will Gene Segura be in the starting lineup for the Phillies? I personally don't think so. I just thought because of the reports of how he was when he was injured and like maybe he wasn't as open with how injured he was, like all that stuff about the background noise that he caused, that, that seems like negative stuff to me where a new manager might rather um, get the product you can get back for his skill because he's still a very solid shortstop and move on and get probably even a reliever potentially a good reliever for Segura so it could help you out in the long run too all right 2020 opening day Reese Hoskins Phillies or no yeah I would think he's still going to be here again just testing the waters I think Franco Phillies or no no I don't think so and then last one Cesar that's like 50-50 for me because I, I feel like they might get finesse and like move guys around and then Kingery would play second. And then if you sign somebody to play short, you or you would have Kingery play short and then if you brought Moose in, Moose could even play second. And then like, like I feel like there's so many rumors the Phillies are either going to have a normal offseason or get overly cute. <laughs> And finesse like with these trades, so that's why that's still fifty fifty for me because it depends how they look at the second base free agency and how they look at Mustakis's flexibility and stuff like that, and what they want to do with Kingery. I think I think they'll go keep Reese. I think Gene will be here. Uh, no, no, sorry. I think they keep Reese. I think Gene will be gone. I think. I think, I think they're going to bring in Didi. I think they're going to trade 
Gene and have DD be the opening day shortstop. And then I think Franco's gone. I think they'll try to just get like some type of cheap reliever for Franco. I know Tigers and Padres. Well, we also missed. Uh, I think if we're talking about people that we think are not not going to be in the opening day starting lineup, I hope, but could be on the opening day starting roster. Do you think Odubel Herrera is going to be part of the twenty twenty team? I don't want him to be. And I do not think he will be. You actually you don't, because up, the reason I think he might be is from how Glentak talked about him and whenever he talked to the media, whenever that was, where he kind of said about how he needs to prove himself and kind of show he can be part of a, like paraphrasing part of a club again. That makes it seem like they're willing to give him a chance. You mentioned, you bring in a guy, you mentioned Gene Sigori, how he's not... Rumored-wise, he's not been the best teammate. He's not known for being the best teammate, so-and-so, or blah, blah, blah. But Joe Girardi comes in, and you mentioned how coaches don't like that. Well, I think to apply that same thing, you have a dude will get in trouble with the law. He's suspended 80 games. He'll be ready for opening day. I think he's got a nice, cheap contract for today's day and age. Um, I think you move him. I think I don't think they'll flat-out cut him. So if they can't find a trade partner, I think he will be here, which is very unfortunate because I'd rather take out, take out. Even if he didn't get in trouble with the law, I think I'd still rather Adam Hazley start over him. Well, even. first of all, I don't think the dude's starting. Like the only way the dude's starting, if we keep him, but, I think, is if he shows out. But if he's spring. if he's here, like if he's not going to start, why keep him? He's not going to be much off the bench. Well, because the thing is, Odubel, when he actually tries, is not a bad defender. Like, the one year his defensive metrics, that year that he actually was killing it, were actually pretty good. It's just the dude is so immature and doesn't give a shit enough that it it destroys his metrics. Yeah, but my counter to that would be, who would you... I would much rather have Adam Hazley start. (laughs) There's nobody you'd have... Hurry's defense, you're right. Hasn't been bad. But he's, he's, he's had trouble running routes. But my point is, there's nobody. When you keep a guy for defense, you got to have somebody who's going to replace. But there's nobody on this team I'd replace him with. Like, if you bring back Corey Dickerson, I'm not putting Herrera in for Dickerson. And honestly, I'm not putting Herrera in for McCutcheon. Hazley last year was a fantastic defender. So I wouldn't put Hayes or and you Herrera want, in for And Hazley. you want Hazley to develop I, if you're talking him up like you think he's going to be. But we all. If we had a manager put Herrera in for Harper, oh, uh, that guy should be fired on the spot. Yeah. There's no scenario unless if Harper lo- breaks his leg or ankle or something that yeah. I would replace Dubal Herrera for Bryce Harper. But so anyway, that, that's, we that's have... just my reasoning why I would not bring him back because I don't think his defense is good enough to replace anybody. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree. I was just saying from what our GM said, uh, that's what threw me, but I don't want him to be on the team either. But... Uh, we're in the last minute uh, of our pod, so I don't know if you have anything else to add or if you just wanted to wrap it up. Well, I'll wrap it up in just give me 10 seconds. That That's the problem, though. You can't take what the GM says very smartly sometimes because he's not the smartest GM. But anyway, it's been uh, fun. I'm sure, I'm sure it's keeping an eye out on these names. Hopefully we start to see some of these guys get signed soon, but the uh, GM meetings will be wrapping up soon. 
But anyway, I'm Andrew Santangelo. You can follow me on Twitter, AJ underscore Santangelo. And Joe? At JJBorak26. And it's been uh, the second episode of Jetpacks to the Bank, so give us some feedback and interact with us on Twitter. Thank you.